day of the week at early morning, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the tomb rolled away, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again? Then they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the son of James, and the other woman who were with them, with them who told this to the disciples. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the little clothes by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. This is the Gospel of Christ. Praise Christ the Lord. May the words I speak, the words we hear, be your words of life to us, our God. Amen. So, uh, I've already got you to introduce yourselves to each other, but I want you to do it again. And this time I want to tell you to tell the person next to you your name, one important thing about yourself, and what comes to mind when you think of Easter. And make sure you include the children in this, because they can do all of this. Your name, one important thing about you, and what comes to mind when you think about Easter. We have about three minutes to get this done. Turn to your neighbour and talk. So, I am going to ask you to think about each of those questions. And the first one I want you to report back to me is, what comes to mind when you think about Easter? What kind of things came up as you talked about that? Sorry? Resurrection. The Lord is risen. Graham. Three children all set these trees. Sorry? Three children all set these trees. Easter eggs. Wonderful. Yes. Forgiving your family. Forgiving your family. That's a very good thing. That is exactly the time. God is with you when it's Easter. It feels like that's a very good answer. Any other answers? A sad time and a glad time. A sad and glad time? See, that's very disappointing. Because normally somebody says to me, Jesus died for our sins. So the next bit of my sermon is all about that. And no one said that. <laughs> and they didn't say it at 8 o'clock either, which either means they've been listening to me too much, or I don't know what. Right. So Christ has risen and it's about family, celebrating that. 
and forgiving them. Yes. Jesus died for our sins. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's lucky. Jesus died for our sins. Now, in the Western church, salvation has got narrowed down to that phrase, Jesus died for our sins. But for maybe the first thousand years, maybe longer than that, and certainly still in the Eastern Orthodox Church, salvation is much bigger than that. So when they come to Easter, it is about some of the things you talked about and more. If I was to ask you what this image means for you and what kind of words come to mind, what would you say to me? Peace, snuggling, sleep, he is asleep, Linus is asleep, security, youth, yep, trust, trust, and if I was to, could somebody turn my microphone down, because now it's going, it feels like it's about to feed back on me. Thank you. If I was to show you this picture, what other words would come to mind? Love. Nurturing. Nurturing. These two images are images that we can use to explore the theology of the church around salvation for the first thousand years. Salvation was understood to be... Humanity cleaving or snuggling into God. And so all those words that you have used there about um, security and love and sleep uh, and all the other things that you could associate with those two images were the words that you would have associated with Christian theology around salvation. So the problem with just saying that Jesus died for my sins is that you need to say, so what? I've just been listening to a book where uh, it's, it's written by um, an evangelical who spent a lot of his ministry actually working for the Mennonites. Uh, and he was being a good evangelical and talking to his friend and he was telling his friend all about how he needed God to forgive his sins and then everything would be good. And his friend said, well, I don't think God does need to forgive my sins. And so what even if God does forgive my sins? What difference does that make to my life? And that's the problem with that theology, is if you don't go the next step, there is a so what that is missing. And the earlier theology talked about the so what. It said, yes, Jesus died for our sins, but so what? So we could be reminded of something. For the Eastern Orthodox Church and for the early church, when we were created in the image of God, we were created knowing and able to cleave to God, which meant we were created knowing how profoundly and deeply loved we were by God, how important we were to God, that God's love was planted deep within us, and we knew how to cleave to God. But because of 
what St. Augustine called original sin, which wasn't that we did things wrong, it was that we forgot who we were. We forgot that we were made in the image of God. We forgot that we were able to cleave to God. We forgot how deeply important and loved we were by God. And so a separation occurred between us and God. And the purpose of the Jesus story, the birth, the life, the death and the resurrection of Christ was to remind us both of who we are and who God is. To remind us that we are profoundly and deeply loved and that God is profoundly and deeply committed to us. So committed that God would give all to remind us of who we are. That is what salvation meant for the first 12, 1300 years in the Western Church and still continues to mean for the Eastern Orthodox Church. So that means that question I asked you right at the beginning about what comes to mind when you think about Easter is a really important question. Because that thing, those things that come to mind when you think about Easter, forgiveness of family, Easter eggs, good work, uh, Jesus died for our sins, um, Jesus rose today, all of those things are ways in which God teaches us about who we are and who God is. So just spend a moment... You can either talk to your neighbour or think about this quietly to yourself. What is God teaching you about who you are and who God is through what you think Easter is all about? So just spend a moment thinking about that. The overwhelming image that uh, comes through from the early church and through the Orthodox Church is God as a God of love. Julian of Norwich, the uh, English mystic, described God as God in whom there is only love. So God isn't just a little bit of love who loves us on the side. God is a God who loves us totally because of that is all that God can do. Now that's not the kind of love we get in a lot of our media today. It's not the kind of love of people on stage saying, I love you, uh, which really means I like the fact that you adore me, so please keep adoring me, because that's pretty cool. Or it's not the kind of love we get in movies where people say they love each other, which what they really mean is, I feel good around you, so let's stay together so you can feel good and I can feel good. The kind of love that those theologians were talking about was a profoundly deep commitment. That God was absolutely committed to us.
to humanity. And God would do anything, anything, to remind us of that commitment. Even experience absolute poverty in the person of Jesus, come amongst us as one of us, live as one of us, die the most embarrassing, humiliating, painful, excruciating death known to remind us of who we are so that at the resurrection we might see the fullness of God's love for us. The image of God at Easter is a God who holds us in such high regard that God gave all to to remind us of who we are to free us from the results of our sin so that once again we might be able to cleave to God, snuggle into God. One of the troubles with talking about Easter being Jesus died for my sins is we can then focus on how bad I am when in fact Easter should be about not how bad we are but God's deep commitment to us that God holds us in such high regard that God would do this for us. So it flips it all on the head. Now at the beginning of my sermon I asked you to talk to your neighbour about one thing that you would like to say about yourself. So I'm wondering how many of you said I am profoundly and deeply loved by God? Hands up. I got one. Excellent. One of the children? Henny Narco, you are a legend. That means you actually listen. If we really believe the Easter story, that should be the one thing that we would say on Easter Day at least. What is something important about yourself? I am so important to God. We are so important to God. God loves us so much that God came amongst us in the person of Jesus. That is the most important thing that we should take out of Easter. That you and I and all humanity are that important to God. And that should be the thing that shapes how we live our lives. Because every single person we come across is as equally important and is as equally as loved. So how do we show that? How do we show them God's deep compassion and commitment to those people? When you came in, you were given a piece of paper and uh, a pipe cleaner and hopefully a felt pen that works. What I want you to do is to think about that you, the fact that that the Easter story is about God's deep commitment to us, that God holds us in such high regard, holds us and all people in such high regard that God came amongst us in Christ. And I want you to think about the world we live in and what you would hope for in our world as a result of that Easter statement. And I invite you to write that, either in words or pictures, on those bits of paper, so the children will be able to do this as well. 
And I invite you, oh look, Minnie already done it. She is very organised. And I invite you to make a beautiful flower, or in my case, an average look thing that might, if you squint, look like a flower. Uh, they'll all be beautiful in God's sight. And uh, when you're ready, I invite you to come up the front and to add your flowers to the flowers the 8 o'clock congregation placed as their prayers. So let us spend some time reflecting on what it means to be so profoundly loved by God, to be held in such high regard by God. What is our prayer as a result of that? And to add our prayers to those that have already been praised.